Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first intro episode of Parakaleo. Parakaleo exists for the edification and encouragement of the church through meaningful and biblically based dialogue on the application of the gospel to every sphere of our lives, especially those pertaining to relevant issues GOCers and Christian college students face. This is episode zero, and today is May 1st, 2021. My name is Matthew Jang, and I'm a second year political science major at UCLA, born and raised in the beautiful, objectively superior city of San Diego. Hi, Matt. And hi, everyone. My name is John Liang, and I'm a second year biology major at UCLA, originally from the objectively more superior town of Elk okay. Grove. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just going to ignore that. Um, and yeah, we're just two Christians in Grace on Campus, what we call GOC at University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. Um, GOC is a college ministry of the Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, pastored by John MacArthur. And speaking of John MacArthur, John Liang. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why don't you tell everyone what this podcast is going to be about? What a, what a smooth transition. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, welcome to our podcast. We're just going to give a quick overview of this episode. So first, we're going to start off with our mission statement and like what are we and why are we doing this? And then we're going to go into what you can expect from us in the future and what mm. will general logistics look like. And then we'll dive into a little bit about behind the name, Pericoleo, and why did we choose it, why it's important, and why it's significant. Um, and then we'll have some personal testimonies, just so you can get a better idea of you know, who Matt and I are. And testify, then testify. we'll go into um, conclusion, and we'll just have a little teaser for our next podcast. And yeah, with that, let's just straight jump straight into our podcast. So yeah, Matt, you mentioned the mission statement at the beginning, mm. but could you just take us through it again and yeah. for show sure, for show sure. yeah as i prefaced at the beginning just to repeat it again Parakaleo exists for the edification and encouragement of the church through meaningful and biblically based dialogue on the application of the gospel to every sphere of our lives especially those pertaining to relevant issues that GOCers and college college and christian sorry college students face john would you mind graciously unpacking that for us sure yeah um, yeah, so as we were thinking through the mission statement, I think the main thing that we want to emphasize in Parakaleo is that for the Christian, being transformed by the gospel changes everything in our lives. Mm-hmm. It changes our identity, our worldview, our desires, our motivations in life, and our priorities. And it should also then transform and guide how we approach our lives in college during the day-to-day and how we as Christian college students or young adults think through current day issues in today's world where people have all sorts of differing worldviews and opinions. And just to illustrate, for example, whether it be in our current GOC Bible study where we're studying Titus or in the past Men of the Word conference in April, um, studying biblical masculinity. Washer. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. That was really good. Um, or even our past Sunday sermons where we were in Ephesians, you know, the gospel is shown to be our primary motivation. We don't go away from it. And the gospel steers us as we think through any aspects of our lives, such as Christian living and Christian character and biblical gender roles and our blessed identity in Christ. Um, furthermore, we also know that um, in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So as Christians, we ought to let God's word and his design for us ultimately have the final say in how we think and live. Mm. And yeah, this is important as we see that the culture that we find ourselves in 
is continually moving away from Christianity and God. Mm -hmm. And as the culture changes, we need to use discernment to make sure that we are ultimately holding fast to God's design and purposes for us. That's good, that's good. And yeah, oftentimes, you know, just in our everyday, we come into contact with the culture through classes or on social media, on our phones, and we're just met with so many different worldviews. Um, And even in the mundane aspects of life where, you know, it seems like we're just going about our day, worldview still matters. It's a worldview issue, dude. Uh, Yeah, many things when we talk about it can become worldview issues. Mm. And worldview ultimately guides answers to questions like, how should we act as students? Or how should I think about my identity? Or how should I study? And why should I work in the first place? Or what am I working for? Mm. And how should I think about my career? And... Yeah, I think something that our podcast wants to um, address or um, serve others in is that oftentimes I think the world's thinking can seep into our lives without us even noticing it. And it can manifest in subtle ways. But ultimately, if we tie things back to worldview, those can be manifestations of the world. And yeah, speaking of the world, um, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, yeah, talk on that a little bit more. Man, I think, I mean. I can't really follow up. That was just, that was, that, you're very articulate, John. Oh, no. I mean, I think. <laughs> I wrote it down. That's You wrote I, it down, but. I had to pour over it many times. It was very well written. Um, and I think just to anchor our purpose and our mission statement in scripture, I think Romans 12, 1 to 2. I'm sure, right, many geoseers, if you're listening to this, you probably know this passage. But I'm just going to read it just to let the power of, of the word of God come through. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think that looking at the first verse, Right, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, right, by the gospel, to present our lives as a living, our whole lives as a living and holy sacrifice. That's our lives. That's the greatest sacrifice we can make. And so I think this passage makes it really clear that, as John said, literally everything in our lives should be motivated by, motivated by the gospel, by the mercies of God. And simply put, if there's anything that you remember about this podcast, and if you can't remember a super long kind of convoluted mission statement, right, like, you can say, you can remember our mission statement as that, as everything in our lives should be motivated by the gospel. And so our mission here is we want you to get you thinking about how you can live a life more pleasing to God as a college student. And with that, I would also like to add a couple other things. Um, one is that um, I think it's important to note that there's a distinction being between how to think and what to think. Um, I think biblically it's clear that there should be a theology behind everything and we want you to think about that intentionally, to, to encourage you and exhort you to have a theology for everything that you do. But at the same time, we also don't just want you to give, uh, want to give you a clear list of do's and don'ts. Um, so we want to uh, explain and have discussions. And, and um, as, as we will, you will learn in the structure of what our podcast turns out to be, um, we want to encourage all of you to um, think about every issue biblically, principally, theologically. Um, and, and another distinction to make is we also want to recognize the difference between what are clear-cut biblical issues um, and also 
what are maybe in the realm of convictions, differing convictions, Christian liberty. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, um, like I have repeated, right, sounding like a broken record, um, we're about equipping you to live a life sold out for the gospel, sold out for Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, John, how, like, how do you think we're going to do something like this, right? It's, it's a great, um, almost insurmountable task. Yeah, right? Like, this is some grand stuff. Um, so how are we going to accomplish this? And what can our listeners expect from us in the future? So let's just transition into what to expect from Pericleo. So in terms of what to expect, um, we're going to be releasing one podcast a month, released on the first day of each month. And we're just starting at a monthly pace. And depending on how things go, we might do more. And each podcast will entail a conversation on a pressing topic with common questions involving a staffer, pastor, or maybe even a GOCer. And yeah, we can tell you what we believe on issues of life and seek to answer them biblically, um, which is great. But we also want to aim to have conversations. Mm. Um, and the thinking behind this is that, um, you know, not all 200 GOCers can have a one-on-one with Madding on dating or politics or dating. culture. Wow, John. <laughs> so we okay. want to just be able to talk through certain issues and interact and learn from more mature Christians and just have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, Pericleo can be a launch pad for, you know, your own personal studies and your own building of biblical convictions. And even more than that, we just hope that um, this is applicable to all young Christians in college or around that area. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, we're, these are just common things that we have to think through. Um and yeah, our podcast name, Pericaleo, is focused on the idea of helping and serving young Christians, college students, young adults. Um, so now we can just talk a little bit more about the name. Awesome, um, So awesome. yeah, so just transitioning into the name, um, Pericaleo consists of para, which means near, and kaleo, which means to call. So literally, to call near. Um, and in scripture, Pericaleo is used to mean to encourage, exhort, comfort, and to teach. Yeah, and just as a note, we're actually kind of, I guess, Americanizing the word, right? Like, literally, it's like, you know, if you listen to, like, whatever, Strong's Concordance, it's like, Paracaleo or something like that. I don't know, John. Sounded pretty good, man. I mean, I think I think <laughs> you have, like, really... I mean, I don't know if you want to try to pronounce it just to... Just, like, your Greek prowess right oh, here. Oh, man. No, I'll, I'll save it for next episode. Save it for next something. episode. Okay, <laughs> this man's saving it for next episode. Um, but, yeah, going back to Paracaleo, and just to illustrate, in a sense, two sides of the same coin... There's like one aspect of Pericleo that we're going to look at here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, it reads, oh, this is a mouthful. Please pray for me. I, I just, I don't want to mess up. Um, it reads, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. It almost sounds redundant. I had to repeat the word comfort so many times. But in the Greek, right, parakaleo, that word is what comfort is being translated from. And so I think it's really cool. So that's one side of the coin in the sense there's a, a sense in which parakaleo is being used as a way of encouragement, of comfort, and especially in this co- context, referring to rest and the peace that we have first and foremost from God through Christ, and that we can have that, we can receive that, and then we can pour it out to others who are in need. Um, so, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, think think Paracleo, think the versatility of that word, 
Um, John, I think you wanted to talk about the other verses that talk about the other side. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you know, parakaleo in the Bible is used in so many different contexts. And one of the contexts that we want to draw out as well, and we hope that this podcast can be used for, is that parakaleo is also used as a verb to say, to urge or to exhort mm. as well. Um, and <laughs> Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, I exhort you, brothers, parakaleo, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, living and holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And in the same way, Ephesians 4, 1 through 2 says, Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, Paul, exhort you to Sorry. walk worthily of the calling with which you have been called. <laughs> and right, in both instances, Paul has expounded upon the gospel and the spiritual truths and now urges and exhorts and uses parakaleo um, to yeah, encourage the churches to respond in application and in response to the gospel. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So I think to see the clarity there between right those two different contexts, right? Once one, and if you look at Romans 12, 1 and 2 and Ephesians 1, 4 to 2, right, that's really a more just like a lot more force and power, that kind of raw force and power that Paul is just calling on the church to live to their calling. Mm-hmm. Right, to, to calling which you have been called. And then that other usage in Second Corinthians, um, also within the context of the church, but in there it's more as a, as a rest, as a comfort, as something to take refuge in, um, that, that use of pericleo. And that dual meaning really is exactly what we want to do with this podcast. We want to edify and encourage you guys at the same time. And we also want to exhort, implore you guys, and yet comfort you guys at all at the same time. Um, and... In this very intro episode, we now see no better way of doing that than by just going on and sharing our own testimonies of how the Lord has saved us, how um, we have been saved by grace through faith. Yeah, so we can transition into um, some personal sharing time, and I'll go first. Um, So for my personal testimony, I grew up in a Christian household, and I grew up going to church. I would attend Sunday school and learn about all the biblical stories and was influenced by my Christian parents and my Christian siblings, and mostly my older sister growing up. And I would learn about the Bible stories during Sunday school and thought they were fun and interesting. Um, but I would also learn, I would also hear a lesson on something called the gospel periodically in Sunday school, and especially during VBS, during the summer each year. And I would see how, and just observe the Sunday school teachers, um, or the VBS gospel presentation uh, present, presenters, excuse me, and I would just see how they treated this message with much more care and importance um, compared to maybe the other regular lessons that we had. Um, so I'd wonder, like, you know, what makes this Bible story so much more important compared to the other ones that we are going over on Sundays? Uh, we would all learn about God and the Bible stories and how he would provide for the Bible characters. And I would pray to him uh, during Sunday school, and I knew him as, you know, generally a loving Heavenly Father. Um, however, each VBS especially, I would hear a message that, I didn't really want to hear, um, which was the message that all people, including me, were sinners who deserve punishment from God for their disobedience. And But the good news that through putting faith in Christ and his sacrifice on the cross and accepting his righteousness, we are able to receive forgiveness. Um, so yeah, hearing this during the first few years of elementary school, uh, I would just be hesitant to become a Christian because... 
um, within that message, I, I didn't want to fully repent for my sin. And ultimately, I didn't want to submit my whole life to God. I just wanted to retain um, my own personal control over my life and, and still live the way I, ought, I wanted to live. Um, and yeah, the idea of eternal punishment in hell for my sins scared me, but it was still not enough to motivate me to accept the gospel. Um, but in the third grade, however, after listening to the gospel message during the VBS, yeah, those um, VBSs, those VBSs, oh, the they, the they save many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So praise God for elementary school VBS. Um, yeah, God worked in my heart and I committed to repent and follow Christ wholeheartedly that year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as a third grader and however, a third grader lives out the Christian life, I began to read the Bible with an interest and pray to God with a, with a new comfort in him. A comfort. A parakaleo. Mm, parakaleo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is definitely not to say, though, that I lived out the perfect Christian church kid life who grew up um, going to Sunday school and knowing all the answers and never struggled with anything. Um, obviously not because, yeah, sin is so real. And throughout middle school and high school and just, you know, growing up, I was heavily influenced by the world and my school friends and not many were Christians and my own flesh, really. And just, yeah, my sin was <laughs> revealed to me. Um, so I had, you know, very bad struggles in sin and idolatry and generally seeking to be like my school friends. And so idols like getting into a good college and the pride and the prestige associated with that and idolizing dating relationships and um, just kind of dreaming and trying to find fulfillment in the idea of having a girlfriend. And idolizing popularity and just being controlled by the fear of man in my words and actions. Like just as I reflect, like all of those revealed to me that I had very strong idolatry, pride, lust, and other sin issues in my life that just at the time too, I was very blind to. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually after submitting college app senior year of high school, God showed me the emptiness of a life that placed idols like college over him. And I felt so regretful looking back at how I prioritized going to a good name college and how putting so much identity and expectation into that um, really just controlled my priorities, uh, the way I approached my day and my actions. And it just really hindered me from, I think, truly growing in godly character and in the genuine identity that God delights in. Um, So yeah, it was just kind of in that second half of senior year and in that jadedness, I began to think more about the doubts of Christianity that might have um, I, I might have thought about junior year of high school and onward and and I wondered if God existed, which was just kind of a theme that carried onto that summer before freshman year at UCLA. Um, however, yeah, God is gracious; He mm. preserved me through that season of doubt. And towards the start of freshman year, I knew that I still wanted to join a church and a Christian fellowship because. My knowledge of God and belief in him would not go away, um, just like no matter how Amen. doubtful I was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, still having those questions in mind, though, I joined GOC. GOC. GOC, where I was able to meet, um, yeah, just so many wonderful, mature Christians who I still look up to today. Um, I was able to talk about questions on my mind and the challenges I had with kind of thinking through Christianity and the kind of tough questions that I had. Um so conversations I've had with Timush, who's mm. a staffer. Yes, sir. And my small group leader, Aaron, that year. And we're just able to work through 
um, yeah, those those doubts and those questions over that year and definitely grew a lot because of it. Um, mm. Yeah, that was just kind of like the first time in my life where I was actually like, you know, having these questions and doubts. So mm. yeah, that's like I was there firsthand as your as your doormate to witness that. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Lord, yeah, we watched a lot of. Uh, apologetics videos yes reform thug life and reform thug yes. life yes if you don't know that go search on youtube right now reform thug life you need to be you need to you need to have your eyes opened it's uh yeah i would recommend um <laughs> and yeah even sharing more recently um i mean god has continued to grow me and uh, teach me and i think yeah well this last summer as well i think was another period of doubt that i've had to go through um and just kind of going through it alongside my small group and other brothers and sisters in Christ this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm kind of coming out of that season and, and just looking back, God has definitely used it to slow me down and um, to mature me and really taught me to see that my basis of belief is not in an argument that I can be convinced of um, and subsequently unconvinced by, but mm. ultimately in the reality of, you know, passages like 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, in the reality that God changes hearts and God changed my heart. That's the basis of mm. my belief. And yeah, and also just the important and importance and the need for the Christian to just surround yourself with the church and with fellowship to remain faithful. Because mm. I think just in those seasons of doubt, I, that was something that... Um, Either I didn't experience or maybe could have leaned more into, but I neglected. And I think, yeah, even this this past year, um, just gaining that appreciation for fellowship. Mm. Uh, but in the end, I can say that I have remained not because of my own strength or my own intellect or my own um, efforts, but really because of God's faithfulness to me and that uh, he will keep me till the end. He will keep everyone he saves and calls to himself um, t- till the end and it's not of our own power but it's because he is faithful and loving so mm. yeah that's kind of what I've gone through and who I am right now and yeah wow that's I mean at, for me to to be your doormate and to witness you just coming in freshman year disheveled John Liang now what a what a handsome man. Oh. A godly... No, I'm just, I'm just joking. I mean, John, John was as handsome as, oh, as he no. was coming into UC as he is now. Oh, um, Okay, in all seriousness... Same to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, I think... Um, really encouraging to hear his testimony. I mean, I think if you are a Christian college student and professing Christian, I think there are many things to relate to, especially if you grew up in the church. And I, mm-hmm. I hope that would be something that would encourage you to just reflect on your own spiritual life and praise the Lord for his faithfulness. Um, yeah, and th- that point about just a spiritual regeneration that comes from above mm. and supernatural. It's it's not something that we can, on our own means, intellectually, and we can never get to Christ um, by by arguments. And, and um, it's only through the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and yeah, even another point of just sharing testimonies. Yeah, it's just, when I think about it, I think it's just such an underrated way to have fellowship um, and it's such a low priority a lot of times when we are trying to have fellowship, trying to have intentional conversations with other Christians. Yeah, we, we often overlook asking other people, you know, how, how, how did you get saved? Like, what's your testimony? Um, and yeah, I think for me, uh, my testimony is um, a little bit different. I think a little bit unorthodox. 
Um, I did grow, go, go up, grow up um, going to church with my family. Um, they stopped going altogether later in my life. Um, but while I was a, still a kid growing up in church, growing up in church, I never really thought much about the gospel seriously. Uh, and as I reflect back on it, I really didn't have eyes to see the beauty of Christ and his salvation through the cross. I didn't have eyes um, to comprehend escaping the wrath of God through putting my faith in um, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah, as I was going to church as a kid, I messed around a lot. I love to flex in Sunday school. I really enjoyed kind of just like building up that like Bible knowledge so I could kind of beat all the other kids in the Sunday school classes. Um I reveled in that. I was, I was a very depraved child. <laughs> um, but things kind of changed in middle school. Um, in middle school, one of my close friends, um, I they they he invited me to the Christian club at my middle school. And that Christian club was honestly very charismatic. And I would say that I experienced a kind of almost a false conversion um, through just having like emotional slash ecstatic experiences through that club. Um, and... I think throughout the years after I joined that Christian club, I just, I slowly, I realized the downfalls of that false conversion, um, which, which really culminated in me being saved junior year of high school. So to explain what happened there, uh, I recently heard a Paul Washer sermon, right? At yeah. Men of the Word. Um, and he really, he kind of described my life before I became a Christian. He described how, about how many modern day Christians, they almost function as like a wind up toy. Right? They just go to a conference or retreat, they get wound up, and they get released. And like a wind-up toy, inevitably slows down and stops. Three days later, right? Their whatever spiritual commitment, whatever resolve they made to the Lord, it just dissolves. And that was me basically realizing the folly of my false conversion. As I reflect back on it now, I really had no regenerate heart. So as a result, I was solely dependent on external emotional experiences to get my quote-unquote devotion for God going. And as like, I finally did get saved and, and praise the Lord, junior year of high school. Um, and it's crazy. I, I, it was through a Hillsong sermon. And just as a note, right, we, we condemn the teaching at Hillsong. I do, but yeah, even then, I do believe that God can save in non-prescriptive ways. In other words, like just because I was saved by Hillsong doesn't mean that like you should encourage other people to watch Hillsong or everyone should be saved by watching Hillsong. And in reality, right, it was God that used that sermon in a pivotal moment in my life to point me to the gospel. And that was actually like a big crossroads because as, as I explained earlier, I was kind of fed up with the whole, um, I was realizing the folly of my false conversion. And I was, I was realizing that like, I was just powered by these external conferences, emotions. And I, I saw it clearly when I, when I went home, I was dead, spiritually dead. I had no desire to read the scriptures, no desires to do any, um, anything of spiritual value. Um, anything to, to honor Christ. And so junior year came and I was at that critical moment where uh, where that ser- I think God used that sermon to, yeah, to expose me to my sin where I think I had to realize and repent of my self-centeredness and self-centeredness and baseless view of God. I think I conceived of God through emotion. Um, and that was really big for me because I think God showed me, opened me up to, yeah, sola scriptura, right? Scripture alone, the authority of his word. Um, realizing that the gospel was the only solid ground I could stand on. That was like amazing that God, I, I absolutely adored the word of God after I got saved because I realized that like it's such a firm foundation. When I was basing my relationship of God on view of like myself, of like God making me feel good through my emotions, I'm, I'm so fluctuating. Of course, my emotions are always going to change. So my relationship with God is going to be good one day, bad the next, 
right? But realizing the gospel is the only solid ground, that was key. Um, and that was just, from man, from there, I mean, God saves and God preserves. From there, in a sense, the rest is history. Um, at the time I got saved junior year, I wasn't really involved, plugged in in a, a local biblical church. And yet senior year of high school, by, by God's grace, really, and even by a mutual, this person who connected me to what my home church is right now in San Diego, by the way, shout out to Redeemer's Grace Church, uh, my homies. I love you guys. Um, but yeah, it's a mutual right, connection between us. Um, and I joined that solid biblical church senior year of high school. And then, you know, college apps came. Um, yeah, I gone to UCLA and joined GOC. And we're here now. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's my testimony. Uh, and yeah, even I'm just encouraged just by by... By reciting that, yeah. reciting the super the encouraging to hear your testimony. Man. Yeah, it was, it was mutually encouraging to hear you hear yours, John. Likewise, likewise, man. It's just a positive feedback loop of encouragement. Um, but yeah, we as we near the end of our podcast, we just pray that our testimonies would um, be parakaleo and body parakaleo to you. I um, encourage you to glorify the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and yeah, and just that gospel, even though those central truths about Jesus, um, and ourselves, ourselves, um, just our own sin, our own depravity, our own need to confess our sinfulness, to humble ourselves and repent and believe in Christ and Christ, um, who came down to live a perfect life in active obedience, God in the flesh, living a perfect life for us and dying um, so that he may clothe us in his righteousness and our sinfulness may um, be accredited to his account. And then that resurrection to seal everything, to vindicate himself, um, to show that we can put our faith and we can trust fully in Christ. Um, and that, that's the gospel, right? Um, and, and I think through our podcast, even though at certain times, if we were talking about certain topics, right? It's like, you know, how does the gospel relate to work, like career? How does the gospel relate to like, Oh, like gender or like, how does the gospel relate to this thing happening in our culture? Right. But I think the tricky thing that, you know, we really want to navigate is like connecting those, right? Because really, as we, you know, repeated many times, the gospel should motivate every single thing that we think about every, the way that we do everything. And yeah, we pray that um, as you stick along, hopefully stick along with us for this ride. Um, yeah, we will all magnify God through the gospel together. Hmm. Yeah, no, thanks, Matt, for sharing your testimony. And yeah, it's super hyped, encouraging man. to yeah, just hear how God saved you. Yeah, boy. Just reflections on how the gospel, like we're saying in this podcast, um, just should control every aspect of our life. Um, just to recap, um, yeah, this is episode zero. Um, welcome to Pericaleo. And today we just shared our mission statement and um, yeah, why we made Pericaleo and and then we went into what to expect each month and um, just, yeah, what those podcasts will look like. And then we went into behind the name and how we chose the word Paracleo and the meaning behind it. And then we went into personal sharing where we shared um, a little bit of our own personal testimonies. And yeah, so we're really excited um, for this podcast. We will see you next month with episode one, where we will be interviewing a very important surprise guest wow i wonder who it is yeah me too um so we're definitely excited and looking forward to that um so yeah yeah this This is is pericaleo and we'll see you next time. time